You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Buddy, you need, you got to pace yourself, man. You got to pace yourself because Tuesday night is game one of the NBA playoffs for the Clippers. I'm feeling confident. I feel optimistic. I feel like we've had this rest. And, man, when we play on Tuesday, game one, we're going to be awesome. I hope we're not rusty, game one. Oh, we won't be rusty, buddy. We took off this time. We laid it up like a golfer here for a couple of weeks because we felt confident, and I just feel like – the rest is going to do us good. We're going to come out firing from three. Everybody's going to do great. And we'll be just the only thing will be which Clippers player will be the sixth player in double digits. That'll be our only question. I had Ooh, it's going to be fun. I had a terrible <laughs> nightmare, I guess. Oh, no. You know, it's funny, Hank. You, first of <laughs> nothing. all, first of all, n- absolutely nothing. flipping. Nothing there's, is there's funny. There's no right now. funny. There's no joy and there's no love in the world. <laughs> Dang it. So I went Whoa. to the game yesterday. You weren't there, but you'll be there Tuesday night. And I think that's, I think that's what they need. And you'll be there. And I think the team will respond. I blame myself, Chris. Also, not there Saturday afternoon, Marcus Morris Sr. Probably more important Ugh. that he be there than you, per se. But he was horrible. He was our best three-point assassin. He had the highest marks of any Clipper he was upwards. I think he, I believe he was second best in the NBA, but he was certainly top five in three point percentage. And he went zero for six. And I, zero I, for six. I'd like to talk about what I think the X factors were of why we lost. I'd like to talk about the plus sides, and there were a couple of plus sides. And I'd like to talk about who you thought was good and who you thought it was bad. Okay, Hank. Great. Yeah, let's do it. If I'm follow your lead, and I hope that we end this thing on things. I want to get back to an optimistic place. I want to just say I'm not in my comfort zone, Clippers Nation. I am not in my comfort zone. There's a reason why we do our podcast almost exclusively after wins. One, we're homers. Mm. Two, we're sensitive. <laughs> sensitive homers. <laughs> well, you, Marge, you didn't have to it's tell redundant. it like it is. Sensitive and homer is like the most redundant statement of all time. But but I I just. It's it's rough. We couldn't physically do and emotionally do our podcast after the loss yesterday. <laughs> well, what's funny is the difference between a Clipper fan and I understand we have years of PTSD that we're recuperating. Oh, decades, from, decades, buddy. And an L word fan. So we have a game Saturday afternoon at one thirty p.m. Everyone in Clipper Nation sighs and gasps and says, well, we can't possibly win a day game. Meanwhile, 
down the hall, L-Word fans see that they're up an hour earlier, noon 30 on a Sunday, and they're like, we're going to win it all! And they didn't even yeah. clinch a playoff berth until a few days ago. But that's just the difference. And I understand they're seasoned to win. They've won a handful of championships over there. But in the past decade, yes, they are the current Mickey Mouse champs. But they've been a losing basketball team the majority of this decade, and we've won every – we've been a winning basketball team in that we've won more than we've lost – every single year for a decade. Now, I get it. Well, buddy, there's a big difference between a has-been and a never-was. A has-been just continues to believe they're just one step away from return to glory. Right. And someone who has never quite achieved it, it's easy to imagine, based on your patterns, that it's all going to fall apart. I just would like to remind Clippers Nation... Mm. It's not a one-game series. It is not a one-game series, much like not the play-in. No, not the a one-game series. tournament, now that was a one-game series. That was that last week. That was a one-game series! Yeah. And I'd like to tell you guys that last year's champs, I can't remember who they were, but they lost the first game of the first round. And then two years ago, I do remember who that was, the Toronto Raptors. They lost the first game of the first round. They also fell in an 0-2 hole in the Eastern Conference Finals, and that team was led by Kawhi Leonard, our leader. So... Do you think that we could go the rest of our podcast without talking about the two-hole? It's gross. People don't want to talk about it. No one's interested in your two-hole. So (laughs) here's the deal, Clipper Nash. Kawhi Mm. Leonard was fantastic in game one. We have, and I said on the last episode, here are our three top scorers. Here are our three pillars. We need these three guys every night. And then yeah. it doesn't matter who are the other three guys that fill in the gap to get those six guys in double digits to guarantee the W. Now, it's harder to get six guys in double digits if you're only playing nine guys. Terrence Mann played like 45 seconds. Everyone else was a nine-man rotation. There's so much to unpack and so much to talk about. So our three guys, one and a half showed up last night. And we need at least Ugh. two or two and a half and ideally all three to beat the Mavs. And I say one and a half because Kawhi Leonard was spectacular. He put in a great game. He had the best line. I don't have it in front of me, but he was the best player on the Clippers by leaps and bounds. You know, he went, he double doubled. He went 26 and 10. He had five assists, four steals. Ah, the four steals. Uh, He looked nice. He looked great. He looked nice. Paul George. Paul George didn't show up until the second half. Yes. And he hit his first field goal in the second quarter. And that's not enough. And he didn't show up. And we had one and a half guys. He showed up in the second half better than not showing up at all, like Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris didn't show up at all. I say, dust off the education reform jersey, slap it on him, and let's get Marcus Morris, education reform senior, out there. Because he was a great hero for us last year in the playoffs. And yesterday, he was a bit of a dud, Hank. He was a bit... he was a bit of a dud, and, and let's not look at the 10-point loss and say that we were never in this game. No. I mean, it was score was tied 100 to 100. They broke Lawler's law, but within like 30 seconds after that, we had tied them. Yes. We were, we were in up 98, this game. 96 with six minutes left. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, it just so happens that then we fell apart in those final couple of minutes where while Luca got stayed hot. Yeah. Well, he stayed know, hot. now here's the thing, Hank. Luca. Only had either one point or one field goal in the fourth quarter. He did have a triple-double, and he played great. But the Clippers did hold him to either—I don't have it in front of me, but it was either one point or one basket, literally, in the entire fourth quarter. And Chris Stops Przingis, I want to say, had like six points in the fourth quarter. So you can live with that. What sucks was that Rick Brunson's kid— got hot and Finley somebody got hot I, whatever Finney 
Yeah, he went four of five. He went four of five, and and Hardaway went five of nine from three. I, I'm guessing you know, they probably had six guys in double digits. Is my guess. I would also guess that they did not shoot sub thirty percent from three. <laughs> well, that's like, the thing. They were. They went down near. Th- they went darn near fifty percent from three yesterday, and and at one point they had shot the exact same amount of at threes as yes, us. I want to say 30, it was 36, yeah, 37 threes. Yeah. And we had, and they had connected for seven more of them than yeah, us. Yeah, at one point it was, uh, and then yeah. we sh- they, we had a, I mean, we it, had so, hit eleven, and they had hit seventeen, and we'd shot the exact same amount. I, I totally hear you, and that was, look, here's the thing, they shot better than normal from the three point land yesterday. They shot better than their average, and we shot way worse than our average. So you would think in a seven game series that was the one stubbing of the toe. We also gave them an absolute. Head start. I think you were watching the national broadcast like a fool and didn't see Dumb. the Bally broadcast, so you missed the first ten minutes or sure something. Sure did, because the other because the other stink game went which to is overtime. Not a stink game, by the way, is a gr- it's a great game if you care about something other than the Clippers. Which I don't. Went to overtime. Yeah. Great game, I guess. I'll never know. I didn't watch so it. So if you're a Clipper optimist and you only want to hear the bright siding, please do not tune into the later portion of the show where I will play you. The unraveling of Chris Wilde as I clipcast <laughs> from the building in a yes. downward spiral. And I try, you, okay. know, you know, it's a family show, Hank. But at one point it got real dark and real bleak. And I was I was cocky because here's my one very good takeaway besides the fact that Kawhi Leonard, I thought, played brilliantly. We were in that game late, and we had absolutely no business being in that game as late as we were. Like you said, it was 100 to 100. And I want to say there was only like three minutes left when it was 100 to 100. We literally had no business being in that game. No business. Well, well, if you take Rajon Rondo's three for three from three oh. at one point. Oh, my gosh. If you take that out of the mix, we weren't in that game. I mean, we saw the, the experience. Rondo has played 121 postseason games. Do you start him? And I think we saw it. Do you start him? I think we saw him. Do you start him? him. We, we, Do you start him? Did, we, did we start no, him? No, we or didn't. Did we start Do them? you no. start him? Oh. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we you got it. You have to always. Uh, here's a dysfunction of like. <laughs> Non-professional, really non-coach to you. fans. I know, I know, but here's the thing: because <laughs> yeah. you want to say yes, right. but what? But what the fan who is not a coach doesn't think about is we're always thinking you got to start the best guy, right. but you also have to think about Rotations. offense in your second unit. Yeah. You got to think about offense in your second unit, right. and I don't know. Pat Beverly went four for six, four of six from the field. Yeah. It's not like he was a dud out there. He, he went was 50% a dud, but what three. you didn't see, Hank, what you didn't see because you didn't see the first 10 minutes of the game because of stupid overtime. Yeah. What you didn't see, and I don't like talking about it, is Pat Bev Uh-oh. got in foul trouble early. Luca stormed to the basket, scored easily over Pat Bev, and then yelled Ooh. two effing small and it went kind of oh, viral i saw the yeah. highlight and i was glad i did not see that because i like my home electronics equipment and i fear yes. i would have thrown a beer can at the television oh set. do you want to talk about growth would you like to talk about growth would you like to talk about Terribly. okay so here's the thing very few people <laughs> describe me as mature and even fewer call me mature but here's the thing <laughs> i didn't realize that i am as superstitious as i am a 
Oh, we're so we both have realized this now, back to back podcasts. Absolutely. Last week, I was like, I'm not superstitious, and then halfway through, I went, Oh God, I am superstitious. You're very apparently. Go ahead. You and I are both very superstitious because last postseason, you and I only clipcasted after W's, but it didn't work. Yes. Which is why we're clipcasting now because that didn't work for us last postseason. They needed so us, I'm, and we weren't there. We weren't there, so I'm trying to change it up. Okay, so we're changing it up because we are superstitious now. The old me. The old me would have literally come home after that loss, taken all of the clothes that I was wearing and burned them in a ceremonial. This is, this is why fire I pit. have so many. This is why I have so much more Clippers gear than you because why? of all the live games we've left, yeah. where you threw a Clippers jersey in a dumpster. Autographed. And that's not an autograph. That's not an exaggeration. Autographed. Autographed, Autographed. in the trash. Torn. Yeah. Trashed. Yeah. Disposed of. Yeah. But mature. Mature. <laughs> worldly wild okay chris go wild took his clothes off and put them in a hamper like a big boy now i won't wear any of the gear that i wore yesterday maybe ever again but certainly not until the playoffs (laughs) are over but i didn't throw anything out and i didn't burn anything because i'm a bigger man so now is the challenge now that it when we win on tuesday We will be left to assume yes. that we need to podcast after every single playoffs game in order to keep the streak going. I don't know. We got to find out, Hank. I guess we'll see. We're going to have to play it game by game. Okay, so here's the deal. I thought the takeaways that were good, Kawhi Leonard played brilliantly. Rajon Rondo was the playoff quarterback that we needed him to be. Him to be. He was yep. wonderful. He got us back in the game multiple times. He gave us leads. And then I thought Nicholas Batum played brilliantly. Not a perfect oh, yeah. Nick- game, but was just everything oh, you needed. Not a perfect game, but you could – I mean, he did He did get seven rebounds. He did go 50% from the field, three of seven from three. I also liked Nick Batum. I liked that our guys played the game, the whole game, not injured. I do like that we're healthy. Sure. Um, that's a nice one. I, I do think – yeah, I, I – I like Marcus Morris. I really sure, like him. We all know he didn't have a great game. No, it was the worst. Um, his plus minus was the worst of the night. Maybe in NBA minus, history. At minus 23. Oh, that's good. Uh, I thought it was minus 100 million. So, oh, minus 23 is not nearly <laughs> as bad as I thought. I mean, his minus, he had a minus that equaled Paul George's point total. You would have liked you would have liked Paul George to have done shot better from three, but it really Marcus Morris 0 for six. Ugh. He makes two, he makes two threes. Paul George go even goes three of eight or goes 50% from three, which he can do. The Clippers do any even if they shot 35% from three, this is a very different game. Yes. Uh, I don't know about. I didn't love seeing Zubats on Doncic. Ugh. I didn't like seeing. I didn't that. like seeing Bev or or Zoo on Doncic. Now, Zoo on Doncic in the Reggie paint Jackson. makes sense, but Zoo on Doncic sure. from beyond on the, the three makes none of the sense. None of the sense. And also, we talked about. You know, we talked about this last podcast. One of my questions was: Will we see regular season? This new Reggie Jackson, which, of course, for everyone else who follows the Pistons is not new Reggie no. Jackson. They just knew him. But for me, is new. Yeah. This great Reggie Jackson. And he didn't exactly show up one for six from the field and 0 for three from three. No. Um, so he was garbage. I do think he was absolutely for a garbage. game that was still that was tied at 100. Yes, late. 
I still feel like I'm optimistic. I feel good. Yes. I think the Mavericks are very confident. They've been on a winning streak. They came in ready to shoot. And also, this is the 4-5 matchup, people. Oh, yeah. This is not this the 3-6 matchup. This is not the 2-7 two seven matchup. Very good point. We are not, they are not underdogs. The Mavericks are not underdogs. So right. we it's got a lot we need even. to put together. I mean, we are the favorites. And, he, and so one could argue that they're sure. the under, But they're not like... The Celtics no. going up against the Nets right now, for example. No, and now and now we're going to test the other thing we talked about in our last episode, which you should go back into our archives and listen to some of these past episodes. Oh, they're the best. The other thing that I talked about in the last the last episode was we now have a coach that makes adjustments, yes, and now we are all about to put our money where our mouth is and see if that is really the case. It is. It is never just about the players shooting, although in this case maybe it, maybe it is. We really just needed our guys to shoot a little better, better from three. We are a historical three-point shooting team. Historic numbers, great three team that didn't show up to shoot last night. So we're going to find out on Tuesday if there are adjustments that Ty Lue is making or if the guys just need to show up and make shots. But I feel like it's the casual fan in me that just says, we just need to shoot better. Well, but, I mean, well, the numbers don't lie. I'm glad you brought up Ty Lue because – I was going to say the three good takeaways, Kawhi, Rondo, Batum. The three bad takeaways to me, game one, obviously Marcus Morris Sr., horrible. Reggie Jackson, horrible. And I thought Ty Lue didn't do a great job. Now, that being said, we were in it late. And now I want you to put on your coach cap. And you tell me, Hank, if you were the coach, do you, A, immediately make adjustments right now to your starting lineup b make adjustments to your bench lineup and go deeper maybe give man canard and boogie a shot or c say all right you guys get one more shot to show me my tight nine rotation show me what you got and if you go down oh two then i make a big adjustment what do you do well, first, well, first of all, if I had my Ty Lu coaching cap on, here's a fun piece of information I learned watching yesterday's broadcast. Apparently, if I were Ty Lu, Chauncey Billups would be my best friend. Did you know they're best friends? I just assumed they were best friends because I think that's a fun stat. That's a fun takeaway stat. Paul George and Reggie Jackson are best friends. Demarcus Cousins and Rajon Rondo are best friends. You and I are best friends. So I would best assume friends. that Chauncey Billups was best friends with somebody in the Clipper organization. Yeah. Well, that would be the, the other takeaway I took from the national broadcast was that um, they really don't ever watch Clippers games. They literally were like, <laughs> and this is Sergey Ibike? I never heard of that guy. Like, they literally just don't know anything Sergei about Sergey Ibike? Uh, <laughs> the quickest name I could mispronounce. Right. Um, I think if it were me, I would chalk it up to, oh, what is it? What's the expression in baseball? The yips. I think opening I would just jitters. chalk it up to opening night jitters. That's what I would chalk it up to. I would say Marcus Morris. Uh, Marcus Morris came out shooting cold. He he kept hoisting him. It never fell for him. He, he missed two <laughs> really important free throws at the end of the game oh, yeah. when we were, when the lead was slipping away and we had a chance to stay in with them. I want to say they had like 103 and we had 100 and we had a chance to make it 102 and he missed both his he free was throws. O I think for I all chalked... free throws and O for all three pointers. Well, that was his that was his free throws yeah, right there. I that know. was the o two he two. shot. So, so I do think I do think that I give it another game. I do think that I look at where things went very well. 
Um, I do think you could take a look at defensive assignments a little bit and see who you want co um, covering who. But when it comes to the shooting, I, I sort of feel like you got to get guys out there and let them shoot again. You know, Zoo still went four of five. Pat Beverly went four of six. Some of the guys were out there shooting very nicely. And if Pat Beverly didn't get in foul trouble, maybe that it's a different game. Oh, I, I think so. Some of I think I, but these I don't guys think you make get another shot. I think these guys get. But I don't think you make a. Sure. But I don't think you make a lineup adjustment. I don't think you start messing with who starts so you, and who comes off the bench. You don't say, no. "All right, let's now go to Rondo as our starting quarterback, and let's bring Pat Bev off the bench." You don't say, "Okay, let's put Serge Ibaka in the starting center position and have Zoo come off the bench." You say, "Keep the starting five. Uh, That's what you're saying. I would say, I would say that is what I would do, but I would not be mad or confused or say a word again him. <laughs> If Ty Lu said, let's start Surge, because we did have a portion of our season with Serge Ibaka starting as center yeah. and Zoo coming off the bench that was very effective. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I like Zoo. I like Zoo with Pat Beverly. I really like that pairing together. But that, but, but I would not. Well, we're going to no, find out. We're going to throw out the game plan. We don't know. Because no, we don't know. Ty Lu has told us, and I made a wonderful video about it, he doesn't give a damn what you think. He does what he wants. No, he he's a grown man. I'm a grown man. man. A grown he's like man. me. He's like me talking to my wife about other people when I'm feeling myself. Babe, I'm a grown man. Yeah, I was like, Tyler. They don't tell me what to do, babe. Babe, they don't tell me what to do. I'm a grown man. Yeah, we got a little Tyloo road rage happening. Like <laughs> I loved somebody it. merged in front of him that he didn't like. I'm a grown man, and I'll I'll tell he's you when so, you can merge. He's so mellow. It's great to see him. Like, great. Lose it. Apparently, he doesn't it. do Twitter. He doesn't yep. <laughs> insta twit is what he called it. His words. Yeah. He has and I don't never think he was being insta twitted. I don't think he was making a joke, not knowing what it's called. I loved it. I don't believe. I don't think that. I think he really doesn't know what those things are called because he doesn't use them. He does not I insta twit. I love it. I also have never insta twitted. I'm also. <laughs> None of, I'm, no one has. <laughs> did you know that Ty Lu and I are the same age? Did you know that? I did not know that. I, no, I didn't know and that. And did you know that I'm best friends with Chauncey Billups? That's not true. That last part's not true. I wish I wish you were, because that would make me Chauncey Billups. <laughs> You're absolutely right. All right, so Tuesday night, I'm very curious to see the adjustments that Ty Lue makes. Here's what I would do if I put on my coach's cap. Oh, yeah, go for it. I, I would start the same five. I would say, okay, Marcus Morris Sr., you're going to do better. Paul George, you're going to make a field goal in the first quarter. Reggie Jackson, you're going to come off the bench and you're going to do better. But here's what I would do different if I was wearing my coach's cap. I would also go to the arsenal. I would dig deeper in my back pocket and I would look to Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard, and Boogie Cousins for more minutes. Boogie and Luke got zero minutes. Terrence Mann got a garbage minute combined of like a handful of seconds at the end of a handful of quarters. So I would have them on the ready. I would not... I saw what happened with a nine-game tight rotation. Now, that being said, you start your five. You see what they do. If they're struggling, I'm not waiting. I'm not waiting till we're down 11 before I'm calling a timeout, which is what I believe Ty Lue did yesterday. So I would give my starting five, the guys, another shot at it. But I would absolutely not stick with that tight nine. Now, granted, you have to see what happens, right? But I'm I'm not saying, okay, let's flip. Let's because look, Rajon Rondo was the best point guard out there. 
The best player out there was Luka Doncic. The second best player out there was Kawhi Leonard. And I don't think that's up for debate. No, I, I, I agree with all of that. I agree with all of that. And Kawhi Leonard also got to the line nine times. For I rather not nine times, but for nine shots. Right. You know, yeah. some things were going our way. Paul George finally got some calls. I did not like that. Look, that that call, and then they challenged it, and the refs upheld it, which I thought was such garbage. Dumb challenge. Dumb challenge. Paul I George challenge. offensive foul. That was the worst call I've ever seen. He was literally, he did not push off. He did not elbow a guy. He put yeah. up a shot. He threw two yeah. moving defenders, guys that were running backwards. That was not an offensive foul. The Clippers were right to challenge it. The refs were wrong to say that it was not overturned. That was such garbage. What's the point of the challenge if you're not going to get it right, looking at it in glorious high definition? Because I watched it over and over and over again. I watched it in real time. I watched it replayed. And I'm telling you, it was not an offensive foul. All right, so... That happened while I was clip casting live. So Unfortunately, we did not just lose by two. So while I, get you, I may I get agree you. or disagree, but, that, but at that, at that point, Hank, we were up by two or three. You can listen because I was literally clip casting live during that, and I'll tell you the score while it happened. But we would have we would have gotten at the and one, or he would have gone to the free throw line at, for two, and we would have been up multiple possessions late. So that was a huge momentum shifter. And then the guys could not score a basket after that exact happening. It stopped the entire game dead in its track. So I can, if I'm going to point my finger at one thing that sucked that happened late, that literally we, we tried everything in our power to do everything right and just didn't win. And I get it. Like Coach Knoll said, Chuck Knoll of the Pittsburgh Steelers, he was at one point the most winningest Super Bowl coach before Belichick, I believe. He said, you got to play better than the ref's ref. And that's exactly what the Clippers do. We're never going to get the breaks. Every now and again, we do. But you got to play better than the ref's ref. You got to put yourself in a position where you're up multiple possessions. And obviously, we got to perform better in the clutch moments. But here was a wonderful takeaway, Hank. Even though Marcus Morris was as flat as a pancake yesterday, after we lost, and I was pretty demoralized. I rode the elevator down from the rafters because they put me up like I literally was attached with the harness up in the ceiling by the lights. It was well in the pre- in the very cushy press area. To be fair, I, mean, I did think you know. I mean, I did have my own television screen, and you know. I mean, I know, but still. So I ride the elevator down after the loss, and I just walk around with my press pass, and I go, you know what? I wonder if I can't find flat because after seeing flat Marcus, I wonder if I can find flat Chris. And Flat Henry. Do you understand Flat Stanley? Do you know who that is? Oh, yeah, big time. Okay, so for those of you not in the know, Flat Stanley is some flattened person and kids all over America or the world literally read Flat Stanley, get a Flat Stanley, and then they take pictures with their Flat Stanley all over the place. So I looked around Staples Center to try to find my Flat Chrissy and my Flat Henry, (laughs) and I'll be damned. But I found both of us multiple times, multiple shots, Hank. I submitted a 19-year-old photo of you and I from the 2002-2003 season where you're wearing a Clippers 24 Andre Miller jersey, and I'm wearing a Clippers 7 Lamar Odom jersey, which when you look at it, 
It's us, Clippers 24-7, and it has been for the past 19 years. You and I have been to literally the lion's share, the majority of the home games of the past 19 seasons. And why is that a factor? I'll tell you why. Because the last time we saw the Clippers go down 0-1 at home, round one of the playoffs, was versus the Warriors. The same Warrior team who the next season would go on to be the Western Conference champs five years in a row, who would go on to win the finals, who would go on to be the champions. Well, we fell 0-1 to the Warriors. I think it was 2014. Don't quote me. We came back, and we absolutely shellacked them and won by like 20 or 30. At one point, we may have had a 40-point lead in game two. So Tuesday night is a big night. Do we respond like we did all those years ago when we fell 0-1? Do we respond like Kawhi Leonard's Raptors in their championship run responded when they fell 0 for 1? I I believe they lost that first game and then they won in 5 is how I remember it. I know for a fact the Clippers went down 0-1, won game 2 handily, and then a couple games later the whole Donald Sterling fiasco happens, but we win that series in 7. So just because we're down 0-1, the sky is not falling, Clipper Nation. I permit you, because yes, Clipper Nation, I'm the boss of you. You may feel upset that we're 0-1, but you may not be distraught and be absolutely cataclysmic because we're down 0-1. I will permit you to get there if we're ever ever 0-2. And if we're ever 0-3, by all means, the sky has fallen. Go to the ledge. Nothing means anything. But right now it's 0-1 and it's anybody's series. They have to win three. We have to win four. We have to get home court back. I argue that there is no home court advantage because the majority of our fans are in 2D. There were 6,000 of us, and the loudest we were was when Kawhi Leonard absolutely destroyed. And I say destroyed because he destroyed his scrotum. What? He destroyed Maxi Pad Kleba. Absolutely made him a bloody sanitary napkin in front of everyone at Staples Center. There- Jeez Louise, Chris, stop it. <laughs> there goes the family show. Oh, I'm just if pr- you made it this far, I'm just priming you trails. for what you're about to hear after the final horn when you when you see a man unravel in real time. But anyway, that, tell me about that moment for you, Hank, when Kawhi Leonard just took the game in his own hands and stormed down to the other end of the court, slam dunked it over Maxi, and then literally our big three, Marcus Morris, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard, all screamed and glared and flexed at a Maxi Kleba who was literally on the floor. Well, I certainly, obviously enjoyed it. I enjoyed the dunk. I especially enjoyed it because Kleber, if you, Kleber or Kleber, how you, however you say it, I assume Kleber, uh, he actually missed, I want to say, eight or nine of, of the last regular season games because of Achilles soreness. So I think he is an Achilles heel for the team, if you pardon the expression. Um, and he's a guy you can attack. He, he may not have the usual amount of ups uh, that he would normally have. But of, of course, I found it exciting. Any of those moments of of looseness for the team, I'll say. I really enjoyed. Reggie Jackson's another one. For how much I'm saying he didn't play that great, even on a night of poor shooting, he took a charge late in the fourth quarter that was very exciting for me as far as like the energy, getting these guys pumped up. And I do wonder if these guys are in their heads a little bit. You know, they're shaking off the rust flakes a little bit. They're coming back into, you know, we beat these guys last season, but we beat these guys last postseason after listening to a lot of fans saying, oh, Porzingis got ejected, yep. um, all these different things. So 
I like any moment that the Clippers are getting loose and yelling and screaming. Um, I don't love what has how that photo has been memeified on right. Twitter and other social media because it's three guys yelling and screaming and and celebrating on what ultimately became a loss. Oh, whatever. Yeah. But those yeah, are the yeah. three guys we need to come up big. Oh yeah. So if standing shoulder to shoulder with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, actually, I would say if Paul George and Marcus Morris Sr. standing shoulder to shoulder with Kawhi Leonard screaming helps them glean and by osmosis take and a photosynthesis or whatever the heck the scientific process is, uh-huh. get some of his juice into themselves, the I'm all for it. Yeah. I'm all for How it. Many, we need these guys to get fired up. Do we need all three of them? Do we need two out of Cause three? Because, by, by the way, I don't, I don't know if you know this, but they are allowing a higher capacity of fans at the Dallas in the Dallas oh, arena. Yeah. There's no law in Texas. So, so our I want to say we had six thousand something people in the stadium yeah, yeah, yeah. that holds eighteen thousand. They're going to be almost full. So we really cannot go to Dallas down two games. So we need to get fired up. So I, I liked it. I love the dunk. I love the posterization. Oh, yeah. I love Kawhi Leonard taking the game into his own hands. I love him being our leading scorer. I just don't really want him to be our best player. By a half dozen numbers in every stat line. Right. <laughs> That's not my problem. No, somebody else has but to I be there. I love that moment. I, I'm I'm curious. Do all three of our big three have to show up? I, I really do feel that as long as two or two point five of them show up, we're going to be good. And then if all three show up, we got the W. Put it in the bank. Well, yes, they do all need to show up. In sh- the short answer, we need them all to show up mm. better than they did. Sure. Certainly, well, only I mean, one and a half one of thing them for, showed up, and yeah, we were in I mean, it it's, late. Yeah, I mean, if Paul George goes for 30 or Marcus Morris goes for 12, it's a very different sure. game. Or I mean, you, Marcus, Morris going, <laughs> Marcus Morris going for six. He, no, he, he scored really four points. He scored four. four. It, that, it, that's not even it. That's not even it for Marcus Morris. Like, It's not like we're saying he needed to hit four, no. shoot 40 points. We just needed him to get 18. I needed him. I'll take eight <laughs> at this point. Even eight. So, and again, we are not, this is not the trash, the Clippers podcast. There's no doubt that players have, have cold games. It's all, it's all about how he responds. It's all about how he responds and and how we react. And I think, and Marcus Morris can respond with the best of them. Did you hear the, did you hear the conspiracy? There's there's a conspiracy. Do you want to hear it? (laughs) I heard it and I want you to tell the fans about it. Yes, I heard it. Markeith Morris played yesterday for the Clippers. Oh, Lord. His identical okay. twin with identical twin tattoos. Markeith played, and that's why he was so terrible yesterday. We need Marcus, not Markeith, to show. We need Mook. Calling all Mooks. We need Mook. Calling all Mooks. I think it's going to be – I think that we're going to play great. I think we're going to make adjustments. Each player is going to make adjustments. I think Ty Lue's got some things he's looking at. Yeah. Uh, the, the, I, think, I think that the Doc Rivers move – you tell me if I'm wrong – would have been just to say these guys need to shoot better and they will on the on Tuesday. That's what I, I think Doc Rivers would have done. I think Doc Rivers and I think there's some sense in that, yeah. but I think there's going to be other adjustments to be made as well. I think Doc Rivers you know, pa- would have said, "Okay, here's the deal. Okay, here's the deal. It's funny, you know. Pat Pep's just a kid from Chicago. <laughs> they had a week off and it hurt him. Okay, you know. But literally, Doc Rivers would have said we had a week off and it ended up hurting us." He would have done. He would do the exact same thing game two as he did game one. And honestly, I think the Clippers still win regardless, even if Doc does nothing. You brought up a good point. Last year in the bubble, we won in six, but also we had played every other day. Every other day we had played a game. We didn't get any time off. 
before the playoffs in the bubble. We went to the bubble. We were rusty as hell when we showed up there. But by the time we started cooking game one of the playoffs, we were ready to play. We had played eight games before that in 16, 17 days or something. So we were playing every other day. We were fluid. We obviously were rusty barnacles yesterday at noon 30. And here's the thing, excuse me, 1.30. We need to bring it. And I mean everyone. The players have to bring it. I don't care if the game is at 4.20 a.m. on a Tuesday. I don't care if the game is at 11 a.m. on a Wednesday on Catalina Island. I don't care. You got to bring it whenever it is. Whenever tip-off is and wherever tip-off is, you need to bring it, players. And Clipper Nation, if there's only 6,000 of us in the building, it's this weird optical illusion because you look around and you see people except for their flat Stanleys. They're not real. So you think there's 19,000 bodies in the building. There aren't. There's 6,000. You need to be loud. You need to be triply loud if you are in that building. I was sitting there watching the game, and when the away team would go up to a free throw, for example, I believe Luka Doncic was the first person to go to the free throw line in the game, and certainly for Dallas, you could literally hear the Dallas fans chanting MVP, and then all of a sudden the Clipper Nation goes, oh, 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 I'm sorry, oh, wait, oh, am I here? Am I 3D? Am I flat? Am I a cardboard cutout? No, I'm real. And then they started booing and making noise. If you are in that building, you need to bring the halls of medicine with you. You need to hydrate, and you need to lose your mind and voice every single time. I need you to show up, Clipper Nation. I need you Clippers to show up, and I need you fans to show up. Now, who shows up Tuesday night? To the fans? To the players? We're going to find out. Burbank, Hank, and I will be in the building. We will be clip casting during the game, after the game. It's going to be awesome. And just so you know, Hank... God, I missed you yesterday, pal. Oh, buddy, I'm so excited to be going back. I, I want to throw one more bright side on this thing, and that is that the Clippers had seven steals to the Mavericks. Two, I can't remember if they had two steals or three steals, two blocks or three blocks, but they basically combined steals and blocks, had five, and we had 14. Ooh. We were doing some really good things. It just came down to shooting. And I have a feeling they're going to make it happen on Tuesday, but holy cow, broadcast partner, am I excited to be there with you just do some casting in the building, try to find our cutouts and just be some cut ups. I'm excited. <laughs> yes. If you're in the building, I want you to be loud and proud. I want you to be way too loud. I want you to get the headache. And I also want you to try to find Hank and I our 2d likenesses and do disturbing things to them and take selfies with them and send them and add us at LA Clipcast on Instagram or at LA Clipcast on Twitter or the new page we have at LA Clipcast on Insta twit. Check it out, InstaTwit, available in the App Store. <laughs> hey, uh, Burbank Hank, do me a favor, man. There's going to be a lot of me on the tail end of this show. So do you mind bringing us in for a landing and then throwing to a man unraveling and losing his ever-loving mind live on tape in Staples Center Game 1? I mean, I don't mind, and I've got practice, because for over 20 years of friendship, I've been throwing to a man who is losing his mind. So I will say, Clippers fans and Clippers Nation, toot toot, we are back in the building and enjoying this game on Tuesday. Thanks for joining us for a sad cast, Mm. but now I want to really give you some entertainment as you listen to the bold, arrogant, (laughs) cocksure Chris Kawild falling apart, falling apart like a miserable sack of poo. And on a side note... A side note. A side note. <laughs>
that's such a bullshit call. Holy crap, is that bullshit. How is that an offensive foul? Oh my god, is that a flop while he's running backwards. And the ref's just trying to give Dallas this game on a silver platter. Luca, don't you just hate Luca? Over to the hornless, tall, freakishly ugly unicorn Porzingis. And Tim Hardaway Jr. with a deep three gives him Lawler's. It's 198. Clippers going to disprove Lawler's law. Ralph Lawler doesn't work here anymore. Rajon Rondo is your quarterback. Four minutes left in game one of round one. Clippers versus the Dallas Blue Horsies. Kawhi Leonard, who's been the hero, has the ball back up top to Rondo. Rondo drives, dishes. Mook Morris for three. And he misses. He's missed all of them, I think. Rondo for three. Give it to him. Oh. Yeah, Mook Morris literally 0 for 6 from beyond the arc, which is basically, that's your ball game right there. 333, the threes are wild. 333, turnover. Free throws. Free throws. Free throws. Kawhi Leonard over to Rondo. Rondo over to PG-13. PG-13 with the shake and bake for a deep two. Bingo! That's not a bingo. Ralph Waller doesn't work here anymore. It's for two. But it's 100-100, century to century. Three minutes and five seconds left. Holy cow, let's start afresh. And who can win the final three minutes? The Mavericks have the ball. Rondo challenging Doncic at the half-court logo. Doncic foolishly eating a lot of clock. Finding jerk-off face for another three. Jesus, please. Finney Smith and Hardaway Jr. have been lighting us up. 103-100 bad guys. Kawhi Leonard from the top of the three, doing Kawhi things. Feeds to the Batum. Batum in dirty to Mook. Mook turning, firing, trying to get one. He's fouled. Mook has been absolute trash. Four points, shooting two for eight, 0 for six from three. Good news, Finney Smith just picked up his fifth foul. We need him to foul out. He's got 18 points, whoever the hell D. Finney Smith is. And Marcus Morris going to the line to try to get his fifth and sixth point. He makes both of them. Clippers down one, 231 left in this playoff. Round one, game one. Clippers have home court advantage, although you wouldn't know it from the absolute... Oh, let's... Uh, I'm being a little bit of a negative Nancy, and it's not working. Maybe this is why Clipper Nation is being so quiet today. Marcus Moore Sr. trying to get that second free throw. The Clippers, the best free throw shooting team in the history of the league. Hitting around 81%. Morris goes over to it. He's absolute trash out there. Well, that sucks. Dallas with six seconds left on the shot clock. 102 seconds left in the game. Three point lead for the bad guys. In, down, dirty, and one. I got one. I literally want to kill myself. That's the sound of the horn. Welcome to a disappointing playoff clip cast. I'm your host, Chris Kowild. With me, as always, is Burbank Hank. Burbank, what'd you think of that horrifying L? What's the matter, pal? Cat got your tongue? He's a little flat tonight, folks.